Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is your girl, Donna D, a.k.a. The Urban Mommy, and I am back with another podcast. Today, I have a very special panel of some um, superstars that I have added to this call. We may have more people join us, and I'm sure, but today we are going to be talking about home ownership. A lot of people are scared to purchase homes. They think that they can't afford it, and they think that they can't maintain it. But I have three people here today that will tell you differently. So we're going to start with David, because he's who I see on my screen. That's to the top. David, you want to introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do? Hi, uh, my name's David, and I'm a licensed realtor in New Orleans. on the realty south. Um, I've been licensed for over five years. I've been in real estate buying, selling, flipping homes uh, for little, little under 20 years now. Um, also a uh, real estate consultant, uh, property manager, as well as a licensed contractor. So um, if you're my client, you're getting the best of both worlds um, from me. All right. Thank you. Nadej. Hi, my name is Nadej Boop, a.k.a. Renee, the mortgage closer. I am a mortgage broker licensed in Louisiana. I, too, have about 20 years, uh, first 10 years working at another brokerage, the last 10 years working for myself. Perfect. And Arlette, she is the person that actually put this together. This was her idea. So introduce yourself and then tell them why you came up with this idea. Hi, everybody. My name is Arlette. I actually work for the Orleans Parish Assessor's Office. I've been working there for 15 years. And before that, I worked uh, with code enforcement. And before that, I worked with FEMA. So I've been in the housing market, yeah, for a long time. So the ins and the outs, (laughs) I got you. And I think that the reason why I wanted to do this is because being in a profession that I'm that I'm in, I've seen people lose houses for the smallest things. And it's always us. Because we don't have yep, we don't have the, the enough enough education to actually know what to do once we get it and to actually keep it. It's something that we can maintain. But I was feeling frustrated one day at work and I just happened to see Donna's status and I was like, I have something I have to say <laughs> because there's no way that I should be counseling people because it's technically something that I'm not supposed to do. Right. I'm just supposed to be behind the scenes and whatever comes across that desk is what comes across that desk. But I can't take my feelings out of it because I am New Orleans and preserving mm-hmm. this city is something that I've fought for for so long. So just to see people lose house after house after house, I was like, we have to do something. And if I can see you pay $2,100 for rent, that's two mortgages, honey. We yeah. can get you two houses. Right. <laughs> we can get you now a rental and we can yeah. get you a regular one. So yeah. we, I just feel like if we come together and educate each other, we'll have this game locked and loaded. Right. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And... Uh, I, so I David, I'm gonna start with you because since you have the the real estate and the construction, a lot of people are scared. They think that they can't afford a house, but they don't realize that the number one way to have wealth is through real estate. Correct. Correct. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, real estate is the number one way to generate in America. That's hands down the number one um, income generation generator. Um, 
the problem that a, a lot of us have is uh, we think our first home supposed to be four five bedrooms three and a half bath two car garage three thousand square feet pool in the backyard gated community and realistically that's that's not true and if you look at um our current situation if we can pay 12 13 14 1500 a month for a six seven hundred square foot apartment why not get you a 12 1300 square foot home three bedroom two bath that you could call your own pay a 12 1300 mortgage accumulate equity in your property two three years from that time sell that property get the 20 15 20 000 in your pocket put that down on a bigger home so but we don't want to crawl before we walk everybody want to come out the womb running and that's just not realistic so um i think if we have a um, a realistic approach about home ownership and stop um, trying to compare ourselves to our friends and people who've been in um, already established and purchased homes before and on their second or third home where they've upgraded. I find we'll find that more people can be, you can be more beneficial going that route, getting your smaller home starting off versus trying to overextend yourself getting a, a home with a higher mortgage and you know losing your property all right okay renee would you have anything to say on that definitely I, i'm so thankful for uh miss o'shawn for coming up with this idea to have this discussion because while she's seeing people lose homes for some minor minor things and we kind of think well oh they can't afford it they don't know that you know they don't know this they don't know that and they may be some things that they don't know but believe it or not they have cardinals that are thousand dollars twelve hundred dollars they have no problem paying every single every single month but and then this is a, a bigger one and please correct me if i'm wrong or you'll pay for a wedding that costs you fifteen to twenty thousand and then but y'all never like secured or was clear about where y'all were going to live and now you might got to come up with seven thousand dollars because now it's a it's a buyer's market so if you buy something two hundred thousand you could very well your down payment is going to run you about seven thousand dollars most agents are getting six percent in closing costs so it might cost you seven thousand to get into a property but you don't want to pay that. So I think that there is some ownership on some people like myself, like a loan officer and real estate agent to make sure we're educating as much as we can to people. But we also got to hold a lot of these people accountable a little bit because I promise you, they're pulling up with those car notes like it ain't nothing. Here, you're excited about an app. Here it comes through the door and here's a thousand dollar car note, like literally that they bought last month. So I think some of it is just changing like mindsets and stuff like so i guess we got to do a little bit more making sure they have something that they can go press play on and see what i said see what mr harris said see what miss o'shawn said and, and start changing what comes first a prioritizing buying a home a fourplex a threeplex a two and then a one because that's the real way to build wealth right o'shawn i think that i agree with with both of them like to the to the point where i'm like okay like it's making me shake because I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's all the things that I try to say every single day. Like, um, I've literally seen people and the craziest thing is even if you can't afford to buy a house and you gain your house through generational wealth, that is the fastest way to lose. That house is paid off. Yes. And all you have to do is pay these taxes. This is that's what it. I don't get. Taxes and insurance are a thing. They have a lot of people too. And I've seen this and this is this behind the scenes thing. We 
are always quick to sign papers, but we don't know exactly what we signed. Right. And I think that by us not knowing exactly what we're signing because we're just so excited, mm-hmm. we don't know how that paperwork is going to affect us in the long run. Right. A lot of people don't realize that mortgages can fluctuate. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, it goes with the times, you yes. know? So it's a lot that I just wish people knew that we can just try to help them just to understand just a little bit. And piggyback, I'm sorry, Donna, but just to piggyback off of what you just saw, most homeowners don't realize that if they're struggling with their mortgage, they can call their lender and request a loan modification. And call your lender and let your lender know, hey, um, I'm not in default now, but I'm having some financial hardship now. And is there any way I can modify my loan? Um, For the most part, the lenders aren't in the real estate market. They don't want they don't want your house. They really don't. They want you to stay in your house as long as you can so they can co- continue to collect the interest off your home. So you can contact your you can contact your mortgage um company, let them know that you're having financial hardship and can they modify your loan. And what the loan modification does is they'll um they'll lower your payment um, to a certain amount and some some may have a three-month trial period some may have a six-month trial period and if you make those payments on time consistently uh, at that lower amount they will actually lower your loan um, and how they get the, the loan lowered is by lowering your interest rates so many people do that we we're we're, we're so behind in knowledge and understanding of how mortgages go and all of this information many of us are just gaining now um but uh people like myself and uh uh, those on the panel we're here to help you guys navigate through those processes so if you're struggling to pay your mortgage if you feel like within the upcoming months that you're going to fall behind before you get behind before you let that uh late payment hit your credit um report and you come up with a contact your mortgage company get the loan modification and what they'll do is they'll modify your loan and if if you skip say if you skip three payments they'll take those three payments taken on the back of the loan and um and then restructure your loan um, accordingly but there's ways out there for you to keep your home um but we just have to get with the right people who have the resources and knowledge to um to, to communicate that to us and um to, to help us out along the way yes and let, and let I, me say that i have two things to say the first thing is if i'm having problems i have a i, I live I, right now i pay rent so i mean i have a house but i pay rent but i'm gonna let you know right now if i'm if something is coming up and i don't think i can pay my rent i can't call the office downstairs and say can you put my three payments that i might be later mm-hmm. on to the end of my lease period right. it doesn't right. work like that so the, the minute i'm the after my grace period it doesn't work so a lot of times we think that rental is easy and it is easy for a lot of ways but in situations like that real life situations there is no flexibility unless maybe you have a private owner who is nice enough to do that but that's not often that that happens and secondly i did want to say that when it comes to home ownership versus a rental now i have a 
I have a very nice rental and I have a car, like that car note that the dad was talking about, that expensive car note. So I'm one of those people that had that expensive car note. I got that nice $85,000 car with a $1,200 car note. But when I went to do my loan, they didn't ask me what my car was worth. When they were trying to see my assets, they asked me how much my house was worth. Mm-hmm. So you can have that nice car. I'm not against having nice cars, but I'm telling you that nice car, it only looks good on those pictures. It looks good when you're driving, but when we're looking at paperwork, trying to see what somebody is worth or trying to, when they're trying to do a loan for whatever reason that, that you may need a loan, that car does not count. It's actually, it's a, uh, what you call it? Not an asset. It's a, whatever the other one is. Right. Yeah, it's Correct. a depreciating value as soon as you're yeah, out and drive off the lot. Yes. Yeah. So that that does not help. It looks good, but that does not help. And the purpose of today is to help us to elevate. We want to get more. So when we're talking about purchasing homes, what type of credit score are we should we be looking at? Now everybody can't have the sevens. I know right. a majority of the people are in the sixes. So what's the story on that? Anybody want to take that? Sure. It's a rule of thumb. Uh so it's, it's, it's funny. I feel like the market adjusts to what the market needs. So I don't know if y'all remember during COVID, if y'all were doing, you you were doing real estate, uh, Mr. David, during COVID. They weren't touching anything under 640, right? However, when COVID started to slow down and stuff, that's when you start hearing 580s again. So FHA rule is 580 being the lowest. However, the, moodle, the needle is constantly moved based on what the economy may need. So I don't want to encourage people to have a 580 because that 580 is going to come with a list of conditions before we go to closing. It's like you're jumping over several hoops. Not I wouldn't the lowest I've actually closed was a 590, but do know that condition sheet was mighty long. So we were blessed enough to kind of hop over that stuff. So, but if you are on the lower side of credit, I would say to have paid everything on time in the last 12 months. That's what would be most helpful. It's because w- w- these approvals come through what they call automatic automation through a computer system. So it's pulling things from your credit. It's looking for late in the last 12 to 24 months. And if you're on a lower side and you have a late in the last, say 12 months and you're a 580, that's probably going to be denied. So it's not just about the score, but I would say the absolute lowest is a 580 with no late the last 12 months with proof of on-time payments for the last 12 months. And of course, showing that you have the funds to close. I would say a 580 being the lowest. Um, just trying to, to, to be sure, we want to try to get above 600 if we can. Same rules applies, no late over the last 12 months. That's the general rule, no foreclosures in the last... Uh, two years um I mean, i'm sorry last three years and no bankruptcies the bankruptcy has to be at least two years old those are the kind of major things and can't forget child support we want to make sure our men most of the time it's men uh are making those phone calls to child support to say hey i'm paying my child support can we make sure that's reporting correctly on the report because a lot of them honestly they're paying their child support whatever their situation was it's reporting late doesn't look good but you can see it coming out of the check so I would say those three major things we want to make sure we put it in some type of order. Correct. Correct. Okay. David Ocean, y'all have anything on that? Um, no, she basically hit it. Um, I always tell my my clients to at least aim for a six forty because with That's the six forty, yeah. you qualify for most of the um grant programs and down payment assistance. Uh, whatever. 
credit score minimum. So uh, I always encourage my clients uh, not to go under purchase under 640. Um, because being at a 640 higher will actually save you money out of pocket um, for the purchase your home. And I know a lot of first-time homebuyer classes encourage you to actually have a 640 or I know Mr. Fred do. I don't know if y'all so, know Mr. Fred. So being on the lender side, so I'm a mortgage broker. So we only deal with wholesale lenders who only do business with us, right? So unfortunately, there's a lot of people who can buy home homes under the 640 mark um, that may not, you can't go to a bank for. So it's not that you can't buy a house. The questions would be now, have you been paying on time? And of course, at one point, we wasn't concerned about the rate because they were so low. But of course, if you are under that 640, even at 640, you're not going to get whatever they deem the, the best rate. But the thing about that, that too, with our buyers as well, they want to fight us about rate and maybe you about rate when they're going to pay 100% on the rent that they pay. Correct. So I don't really get into the fight about the rate too much. I'm going to try to give the best rate possible, especially if you're coming from paying 100% just last week, you know? So um, I know that could get confusing with the approval part because it changed, like I said, it changes a lot for us. So of course it changes for people around in the business and stuff like that. So I wouldn't discourage people from buying homes if they're under the 640, but lots of, lots of deals can be closed on the 640. Correct. Correct. And um, you also have to look at um, when you're paying the mortgage, it's like, it's, uh, it's like a savings account because when you pay that mortgage, um and correct me if i'm wrong but 25 to 30 percent of that uh mortgage goes towards your um principal and right. you're paying down that principal um so if you're if you're paying your mortgage that's money you're putting in the bank putting in the bank every month every month every month pay that landlord you ain't getting nothing back i mean that's it you pay the landlord they rent that's it and when it's yeah. time to go when that landlord say give you that 30 day notice to take you to go it, it's up to you to figure out, figure it out, to see, see where you're going next. You know, so I encourage, I encourage our people to purchase a home. Please call before you walk. I see several properties out here, 12, 13, 1400 square feet, under 200,000, 170, 180, newly renovated, um, decent areas. The same oh, really? area paying your 15, 1600 um, rent at. You can come in and pay that same amount towards that that mortgage. Um, pay that push come to shove. If you feel like you just can't can't afford it anymore, you can sell your property, walk away with some of the equity. Oh, you can rent. You can rent it out. You got options. <laughs> right, right. Several options. Right. right, right, definitely. Um, so I, I think we just gotta do a better job at just being steadfast with with some of these buyers and like not letting their objectives like win because it is it is kind of frustrating because they come with every excuse for why they can't buy a house or why they shouldn't or why it's a problem or why it's the loan officer why it's the agent why it's everything but you haven't committed to buying the home and then they want to complain about when people coming in and they're changing gentrifying our neighborhoods and stuff the thing is we have to be a part of gentrification gentrification is going to happen we just need to be playing the game with them you know we have to be a part of that it's gonna happen even if you're like you be you want you didn't have good credit at one time now you have great credit you probably one day gonna want to become somebody who buys the home or sells the home or you could do what they say now if they look across the country some people are getting smart and they're buying back their neighborhood and they're renting those neighborhoods out and maybe not selling them 
you know, people who look like us can be on the owners of those properties. Right. And then also, so what I've been doing lately is I've been trying to push um, my clients and their families into group economics. So um, if you stand by your, you, you stand by your mama house, um, you stand by your cousin house, y'all be by each other house every single day. The kids be over there. Why don't you and your sister, why don't y'all get together, put y'all money together. You can purchase a 2,500, 3,000 square foot home in a nice subdivision, pay one mortgage, one light bill, one water bill, you know, and, and live under the same roof. You've been doing it. Everybody have their own space, own section. You've been doing it. Now you're in the neighborhood you want. You have the size home you want. And, um, you know, once that, once that value go up, if y'all decide, hey, we're going to sell and now I'm going to go out on my own. Now you've accumulated equity in your home, in your, in your property, so you can put that money in your pocket. But um, I, I think we have, we, we've been trained so much by society to think um, that we have to do everything on our own. I don't need nobody. I did it all by myself. I don't, I don't need no help. We're the only group of people that think that way. You have these other um, races uh, of people. Look, they live, in, they live in home. Five, six families live in one home. And what they do is they save their money they they pay off their house, and one family move one family move move out, and another family move in, and they continue to do the same thing. Um, my wife went to school with a um, with with this um, Asian uh, lady, and she told she told my wife that every two weeks it was five five families living in the home, and um, ten I'm sorry it was ten families living in one home. And these families consisted of doctors, nurses, teachers, etc. And she said what they would do is every two weeks when, when someone get paid, they will come to the table and they will bring all their money to the table. Each person would get allowance, a separate allowance for those two weeks. And what they would do is they would save the money and the first family they would once they get enough, they will purchase that family a home outright. That family will move out, and another family will move in. And they will continuously do it, continuously do it, continuously do it. Now, if you have ten families coming in every two weeks, putting in a pool of money, how fast would that be for you to accumulate enough money to buy that family out of house cash and let another family move in? But you know, we this mind. You know, this my I don't want to live with this one. I don't want to live with that one. You know, we fussing. You know, we fussing because you you know, Lanique, uh, they ate the last bag of chips. And now my son wanted the chips. And they don't have no more juice in the refrigerator because they struck out of juice. We fussing over pennies and we need people making making dollars. Right. That's true. And, and let me add to that. And I think, Arlette, you can kind of probably attest to this. When we do do that, as in when we do live in grandma's house, the problem is we never get our paperwork right. So when we don't get our paperwork right and then our grandmother passes, then we have a house with know, 600 owners. <laughs> and right. now we got all kind of stuff going on. So if mm-hmm. you're going to do it, do it correctly. Right. So, I mean, I know that's that's your part because I know a lot of times that y'all run into houses that people lose is because there's 50 owners 
that they can't locate and nobody wants to sell that portion to this one and then you have to go find this one to sign it sign it and the house ends up getting taken away and somebody from new york comes in and buy the house and then so you want to go ahead and talk about that yeah so um so i see i see succession properties every day and what happens is you're correct um all the cousins all the siblings they're living in grandma's house um no one wants to come out of their pocket and fix up grandma's house because they mm-hmm. feel I, i'm not putting my money into this house um, i can and, tell and you that i see somebody else living there and they're not going to um reap the benefits of it but actually that's your investment that's your property maintain your property to keep the equity up in your property now you had a you have a $250,000 home um that you you're letting um mm-hmm. go to peak now instead of it being worth 250 now it's only worth 175 because you let it go to waste versus keeping up the maintenance in the home fixing fixing what needs to be fixed and now you have an additional 75,000 equity in the home which which you could have um it would only probably would have cost you 5,000 to get everything done now you losing 70,000 because you didn't want to spend 5,000 and i think too also i think also to piggyback off your point david we see a lot of situations where all you would need is a simple will a simple will will help you rectify all of this and even not even a will a lot of people don't know that in the state of louisiana if you are the previous owner you put your home in a trust make yourself the beneficiary and the trustee of the trust you can right. still keep your age freeze your homestead exemption on your property these things can be continuum And that's something that you can help to break you with that tax bracket too. A lot of people don't know that. And even if you take that information and you um you die, leave the trust to somebody instead of leaving the actual property per se, you don't have to worry about individual names when you can just change the details of your trust. Correct. That's one way to to rectify a whole lot. A lot of people don't realize that too. And then if you do do your succession cuz we think that succession causes all men in the league, right? Do not go to the lawyer if you can find a good notary. Yes. Because a notary can do the same thing that a lawyer can do, especially when it comes to real estate. You don't But, have to spend that much money, $2500 versus $800 to get you all right your succession. You find somebody right. to notarize. I write your succession for free. You find somebody to notarize it. That I'm going to. But that's a whole other situation. <laughs> I got you. I'll type up the paperwork and down no sign it. Right, down no sign it. I promise you it'll be right. That only works for <laughs> Simple. But it it's it's simple, and it's it's a whole lot less hassle. David, you were saying something? Yeah, I'm sorry. I say um, yeah, I say um, 
with the notary, that, that only works if, if all parties are civil in a matter. And we all know um, if, if you go to, if one person out of the group goes to a, a notary and say, hey, let's get this notarized for us to, uh, you know, split our assets, it's going to be one or two in the group that's going to say, uh-uh, I think I could get more for this. I, 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 I own more. They're going to think they're entitled to more than what they are. They're going to end up spending more money out of pocket, getting an attorney to open up succession to come to find out you're actually going to get less now because, <laughs> because you had to pay more for those attorney fees and stuff. Right. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. That is very true. So while we're talking about that and stuff being more like you're talking about fixing a house, a lot of people think that they prefer to rent because if something breaks, the landlord is responsible for it. But a lot of people don't know as a homeowner, you also have uh, something that you can use to pay for those repairs. Anybody want to take that one? Yeah. So, um, so I always, I always encourage uh, my clients to get a home warranty on their home. Home warranty run you on six fifty. We can write it into where the seller can pay um, for the uh, home warranty, or you can pay for that home warranty for a peace of mind. Most most people, oh, I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to pay for it. They get in their home, the refrigerator break, the AC break, um, you know, something like that. And yeah. now you're coming out of your pocket with an expense where you could have um, purchased that home warranty in the beginning. Call your home warranty company. Hey, my AC went out. Hey, my refrigerator went out. Hey, my stove went out. And they'll actually come out and um, take care of that. I had one client. She purchased, a, she purchased a home. And two weeks later, her ice maker went out in a, um, in a refrigerator. Well, the home warranty company came out. Um, they sent out a uh, contractor to look at it, and they couldn't fix it. So you know what they did? They purchased a new refrigerator, a $3,000 refrigerator. So now she had a brand-new refrigerator, and which was covered under her warranty. But that's just a piece of mind that you have. It's just like a car insurance. Um, it's added layer of insurance to you. Um, to you. That's Absolutely. correct. I, I have, so just to let you know, with my plan, I purchased my home warranty several years after, and that was because I saw that I think my that my air condition, I wasn't sure how long I was going to have on that system. So somebody said, you need to get a home warranty. So I went ahead and I got the home warranty. And in a couple of years, of course, my AC did go out and they cut me a check to get me a new one. My refrigerator broke probably twice and I've had two brand new refrigerators and they have replaced my washer and my dryer. So right. I will be I will be the first to tell you that home warranties really do work and they are necessary. So right. don't think that you don't be afraid to get a house because you're afraid about a you know a repair because it can definitely be t- and I paid seventy five dollars a month so that it can be taken care of. Nadej, right. you have anything on that? No, I definitely agree to get the home warranty because when buying a home, you have enough expenses going in. And um, the question is not, will something break? It's when. So definitely, I would say, you know, cover yourself with that warranty. It's just, I would definitely want to have that peace of mind for sure. And and you got to know, too, the rent is going up. So if prices are going up for everybody else, like you're seeing entry level roughly about $1,600, I think that you're going to start seeing $2,000 at entry level pretty soon. Coming. 
Yeah, Definitely. it's coming. You know, probably probably first second quarter. It's gonna be two thousand dollars. So don't let people trick you out, out you mentally saying, oh, don't buy a house. This is that everybody think is it's so glorious or whatever. But um, I mean, I have friends who now I'm I'm 44 now, so it's like they probably should have bought a house, didn't buy one. Now you kind of feel a little post type of deal. It's just like let's try to put your feet into something, and then you could decide later if you want to sell it, rent it, whatever. But have something that's that's yours for sure. Right. And I, I want to say this when we're talking about we're going to jump to generational wealth because a lot of us, we run from home ownership. We also are running from generational wealth. If something happens to me today or tomorrow. My children are left with at least a home when you are when you are renting. There is no, I mean, unless you have policies and everything like that, you don't leave them there. But you can at least leave your child a home. I remember having a conversation and somebody said, well, what if what if we don't want a home? Well, then you can sell it. That's something that you at least have. That's generational wealth. That is the difference between us and everybody else. They at least have something. In addition to being a notary, I'm also a a licensed insurance agent. So I sell life insurance and I sell uh, like mortgage protection and stuff like that. And a lot of times we don't get it. And for whatever reason, I don't know why we don't want to. We think that getting life insurance is going to kind of bring bad luck to us so a lot of us don't look into it but it's generational wealth so if something happens you at least have something to leave your children there was this guy his name was Billy I could say his name because Billy is very common Billy lived in a trailer park Billy you had the little blind hair little black hair little earrings and if you, you would look at Billy and you would judge him and think oh whatever oh he don't have anything Billy's grandpa died and Billy walked away with $200,000 in the house now, Billy used to be the, the joke. Everybody was like, because Billy was in a little program. He was my sister's friend. He was in a program because he could actually, I don't know if he was an orphan or what happened, but he was living in a program, but people always, you know, would talk about him. Billy's grandpa died and Billy had $200,000 and a home. So your life can change that fast by somebody making the correct preparations for you. Anybody want to talk about the generational wealth side of it? I wish I wish I would have started with some type of, if I even if I had a home, if whatever reason I decided to sell it, that still would have gave me like a, a head start to, yeah. you know, whatever career I was going towards. So I, I think it's, it's important. I have a son. It's important for him to, to not start at zero. He's he just actually he's just turned 11 today. And I try to have conversations with him about finances and stuff like that. So he can understand, like, look, I know mom and dad make it look easy for you, but we trying to leave you something so you're not starting from zero. Um, it's so much harder when you're because you're making mistakes. You're kind of setting yourself back because there's nobody who came before you that said, look, you do things like this, this, and this, and this is how you kind of jump ahead. I would pray that he can take what we leave him off at and like really bring it to the next level. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care if he sells it as long as he's responsible for what he does with the money, whether that's open a business or whatever, maybe buy another property, who knows, but use the head start that we we left you to kind of get, get things going you know right right question so let me ask everybody oh i'm not i'm not sure if, you, if she was talking i have a question for everybody and it's not against this is nothing against our parents cushion. our parents mm-hmm. didn't know does anyone did anyone on here have a head start when they made 18 did anybody have a property or a lump sum of money to buy or purchase anything start a business buy a car did anybody on here have that head start no ma'am <laughs> not at all david what you got <laughs> no uh, i didn't uh but you know um so 
we I always like to go to, to the root of things to where where everything started and mm-hmm. so we have to understand what our grandparents went through and what they passed down to our parents and um so back when our grandparents great grandparents when they were trying to acquire homes I mean they were killing them with these high interest rates adjustable rate mortgages um and everything so it kind of discouraged them to um mm-hmm. purchase a home so they always passed on the mindset oh you can't afford no house it's gonna be too high you're gonna go up on your mortgage and this and that and you're gonna lose your house and you're gonna be out on the street so they always rent it rent 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 and they pass that down to us so now we're scared our generation are scared to purchase because they feel oh we can't afford it or what if i lose my home what if this what if that you pay that rent you you pay that rent you definitely gonna pay that rent you might be late on it but you you're gonna pay that rent so just like you pay that rent pay that mortgage don't be scared don't be discouraged um even with the even with the life insurance policies like like you was mentioning um we don't we don't get life insurance a lot of times we don't get life insurance again think back back about what our grandparents and great great grandparents did uh, uh, they were getting uh life insurance on our grandparents great grandparents killing them and collecting the insurance on them you know and because at one time you could get a life insurance policy on somebody sign in name put it on them they don't verify anything now you come up missing you come up dead and somebody else is collecting and i always when i was young i would always wonder why uh, i would hear older people say oh I'm, you ain't putting no life insurance on me you ain't gonna kill me, ain't gonna kill me. so you know you always hear people say that but you never yeah, know why you know what you mean. Yeah, yeah 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 you learn why they they right. said that right Arlette, you want to go? I know you have something to say. Say she got a delay. We can't hear you. So we're going to try to hold off for a second, but that's true, David. The more people always say, you ain't going to put no policy on me. Right. <laughs> and and um you know uh they never educated us on so our grandparents if for whatever reason they never talked to us about the struggles and everything that they went through in their time because to, to know who you are you have to know where you came from and you have to know what your parents and grandparents went through because their life help structure your life because whatever they went through it molded them and that's what they're passing on to us so once we know this information all these things we have we we're more knowledgeable now to track those things and say okay well i understand what you've been through but these are different times this is different situations i can do this we can we can be successful and um just not be not be scared um, so many of us are scared just to purchase a home. This they is the can- thing. They, they're, they're buying a home. It's just not theirs. They're paying right. for one. They're paying, they're paying for one. <laughs> I always like to say you're paying a mortgage, right? right. But really, is you're buying a home. 
It's just right. you're buying someone else's home. Someone Somebody else's. else's. Yeah. That's so right. I think I think, you know, I might need to change my terminology when I say that. Like you're buying a house for someone else. And I think we gotta get we gotta stay get being a little bit more direct, a little bit more firm in our position because we've over twenty years we've seen enough. We know we know what works, we know what kinda doesn't. Like and I and I love how you started the segment by saying we wanna the fancy house first. That's the second problem. Outside of listening to everyone else who haven't bought a house hasn't bought a house in this market, you know, right now. Um, it's the I want the first house to be the dream house that you've seen on TV and not kind of the reality of what you can afford, what makes sense right now. I get so many people who buy the single family home and then want to come back and buy the multifamily, right? Well, it's less expensive for you to buy out of pocket for you to buy your multifamily first and then, you know, kind of work your way down to your single. Even if it's like a two duplex, it don't have to be a fourplex, but the right way is to buy a four, three, two and a one, you know, but we, our, most of my customers look like me and they want that first house to be what they see on Instagram and, and Facebook and they don't consider their own pockets, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They have to keep in mind, just like if you watch those TV shows on the Discovery Channel, when they go look for the house, they, they might have a $5 million budget. But what they say, we're looking for a starter home. Yes. Right. They, they, they have that it. concept that we need a starter oh. home. And a starter home is not the one that, that you know you post on Instagram and get 500 likes. It may oh. just be the basic house yes. that you can get. So let me add her back in. So it may just... It may just be that, that starter home. So I think we have to get away from trying to, like you say, David, keep up with the Joneses and try to get this huge house with the two-car garage. We need to just, you know, do it, start where we can, you know, before we before we try to get that big old house. Right. I, I think we're in a so space not, now, and correct me if I'm wrong, that kind of not going to have a choice. You know, you kind of don't, from a, from a number standpoint, like most people are not making a lot of money to buy that first home to be. So you kind of almost forced now to go, yeah, let me go see Mr. David. Let me go see that. Uh, let me go see that duplex. Let me right. go see that triplex. So I almost like that for first time home buyers anyway. Like when I first got in the business, interest rates were 8%, 9%. That was probably the highest I've seen it. So people think that, oh, the rates are so high. No, the rates are, are, are leveling off. We just had a run since Obama, since the, since the 07... Uh, crash they that crash. they had reasons to lower the rates so we got used to cheap money that is not normal money is supposed to go up money is supposed to, the price of money is supposed to go up and down it but we went through a run that we have people believing that they have to buy mortgages at very 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 low interest rates and that's just not how you know these banks make money right I'll let you back right. I think she still might be stuck I see it though <laughs> yeah, I can see it, but she she might be stuck. But while we're talking about um, the purchasing homes, I learned about this concept watching YouTube, and I wish that more people knew about it. I, I can explain it based on my understanding, but I want to talk a little bit about, um, like, when you refinance and you do the cash out. Uh -huh. So... Can, does anybody have any kind of experience? Nadez, you might have a little bit more experience with that when they do the cash out, the finance, or when they um, do the equity mortgage. Do they, we do cash you know? outs all the time. I would say somebody who's cashing out, just have a good reason. Well, are you cashing out to do something that's going to make you some money? Or are right. you cashing out to improve the home? Like, where's that money going? 
Right. We okay. just want to be responsible with the cash out. You know, I, I'm definitely all for it if you're you're about to like open a business or something like that for sure. Right. But of course, you can't tell uh, people what to do with their money. They feel like they've been paying on it. So again, I mean, if you've been paying on a mortgage for ten years or so, and you say, "Hey, I want to get some some of that money that I put into it right now. I don't want to sell. I want to get that right now for whatever that reason is," then you. Go ahead, take you some money because you've earned the opportunity to do that. Uh, when you're renting a home, that's not even an option. So, right. I'm, I'm, and then it's going to be the least expensive way to, to get money, opposed to like credit cards and you know stuff like that. So, getting a line of credit or cash out is going to be whatever the rates are at that time. Right. Right. And the reason I wanted to talk about that is because. A lot of times when they talk about real estate and purchasing homes like David does with the flipping the homes, a lot of times they say, don't use your money, don't use your money, but they don't explain to us what they mean by don't use your money. But when I started watching a couple of those videos, they would basically use the equity in their homes. And a lot of times people say equity, but they may not know what equity actually means. Does anybody have like an easy explanation, definition of what equity means so that somebody sees the benefit of having a home because you have equity. Can y'all explain what equity is? Sure. I would say equity is the cost between what you owe on a home and what it's worth. So if you may have bought a house at $100,000 maybe 10 years ago, um, and now you've been paying on it, but now it's worth, say, I don't know, $160,000. You know, so now there's $60,000 worth of equity in your home that you can decide... I want to open a business. Let me borrow against that sixty thousand, and yeah. and do something that's gonna make them more money possibly. Or I just want that cash for whatever reason. We want that cash. I want. Oh, I want to fix this home up. And I'm just being modest in the numbers. The numbers are probably way larger than that because the way these houses are appreciating their value is 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 pretty pretty large. But yeah, um, but you can't do that while you're paying for someone else's home. That person who home you're paying for, they're gonna get the equity, not you. All right, correct. So, but also you have to keep in mind with the equity, um, the lender will only allow you to go up to set some lenders seventy-five to eighty percent of the uh, loans of value um, for the equity. Um, so, um, if you have a home for two hundred two hundred thousand, and seventy-five percent of that loan is, uh, I, I'm not doing them well. It's one fifty. One is one fifty, so you can only take out one hundred and fifty thousand of equity in that home. Now, if you owe one hundred and twenty-five thousand on the loan, so now you have twenty-five thousand that you can actually go and get a um, HELOC, which is a home equity line of credit, because you have to have that seventy-five to eighty percent. I mean, twenty to twenty-five percent of equity in your home um, before you can take out that um, that heat lock. Absolutely. For sure. Right. So, yeah. To give y'all a real life example of that for anybody that's listening, I learned about the heat lock literally probably right before COVID started because I wanted to renovate my house. So I was saving money, putting money to the side like, okay, maybe I need to you know, put money to the side, give me a contractor, and I was going to slowly work on saving that money so that I can get my home remodeled. Just kind of browsing around, I learned about a HELOC. So I called and I asked, like, what is this? So explain this to me. So basically, I, what they told me was, I'm going to just say one, I can't remember the number, but I'm going to make this up. 
Okay, so I purchased my house about like let's say one hundred thousand. So I paid a hundred thousand. So they came in and they say, well, your house is actually worth three hundred thousand. So I had one of the, I bought a house after Katrina, and this is real life. So I bought a house after Katrina. So you know, obviously the value was went way up. So now my equity was like something like two hundred thousand dollars. So I was able to look into that two hundred. So what that means is that equity, I was able to use that money to either renovate my house or buy another house because you know depending on the cushion and i didn't start yet because covid happened and then i kind of i kind of stopped but basically that's what i was looking at i was looking at using some of that money that i had in equity of my house to and i actually was going to do two things i was going to buy another house and i was going to remodel my house a little bit so that's what we mean when we say you have equity and when you own a home you have advantages that you don't have when you rent it. So if I was just renting and I was trying to find money to remodel, I would have to save my money. But because I have a home, I could either get a loan and use my house as collateral, or I can do a HELOC and use my equity to either build another home, to remodel my home, to start a business or whatever. All right. I, I always advise uh, my client, if you're gonna tap into your um, your the equity of your property, if you're just doing the HELOC, make sure that HELOC is going towards something that can actually make you money because you're going to be, you're going to be, that's another note you're going to be paying every month. Um, the way I say, if you're going to do a refi, cash out refi, only way I would make, recommend you do a cash out refi is if your interest rate is going to go down when you do that cash out refi uh, because you don't want to cash out refi and get a higher interest rate. For, uh, and and do another 30-year mortgage, cash out. You then cashed out, you got the money, but now you have a high interest rate um, and then you're still paying that mortgage. So make sure you, when you tap into those funds, make sure you have a solid plan for that money because you're going to have to pay that money back one way or the other. And I would rather pay that money back on a lower interest rate or pay that money back making money off of that money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Totally agree. And to, to clarify, so I was going to take the money, but remember I told you I was saving money. I saved money and I purchased a property in Shellmet. I brought a lot. So that money that I was going to get with my HELOC, I was going to use that to build up on that land. So yes, I was going to use that to make money. And like David said, you want to make sure, and this is how the people do it on YouTube. Now, I don't want to be, you know, using YouTube University, but this is that's what they, they, what they use. That's the best. <laughs> it works. That's the best. It works. So you take your money from your HELOC. You take your, your equity. So let's just go back to my situation. I got 200000 in equity. I take 100000 and remodel my house. I take the under, other 100000 and fix my property. I rent my property out in Shellmet, and I have them paying rent. I use their rent to pay the mortgage that I now have. So that is how you make yourself money. So okay. you don't want to just have all these properties that you're fixing and you're not using it because, you know, it's, it's not an asset if you're not making any money from it. So I have my property in Shellmet. Once I get it built up, I'll have somebody paying and that's going to pay for the mortgage that I have because when you do that HELOC, you have a new mortgage. They pay off your old one and now you have a new one that includes the old one. Mm -hmm. So now you may have a bigger note, but remember if you are renting out that property, you know they can they'll pay for that that mortgage that you have right. yeah absolutely. absolutely all right 
Definitely. Okay, so we're getting close to the end. We're almost close to our hour. Is there anything that we want to talk about? So you all deal with this, you know, more than, than I do, obviously. Is there anything that you want to address? Is there something that somebody came up to you and you want to say, oh, that don't believe that. Let me explain. So is there anything y'all want to talk about before we close out? I would just say the mindset of it not being the right time to buy a home. Like, I think that people who do not have homes or buyers who don't have homes should not believe that because while that person is telling you not to buy a home, they're in theirs, right? It's never a bad time to buy a house. It's usually, it's a moving scale, right? So when you saw people buying homes and and, and, and house wasn't sitting on the market longer than a day or they had 20 people outside waiting to see a home, well, yes, interest rates were pretty low but people were overpaying for those homes. So the person who won that house probably paid 20 or $30,000 over the home. So either you're gonna pay in price or you're gonna pay in interest rate. You're gonna pay one way or another. Right now, I feel you could get the best of both worlds. Meaning during the time that people were overpaying for homes, sellers were not paying closing costs. And if they were, it was very, very little. So you're out of pocket to go in. Those homes cost a lot. Well, right now, sellers are eager to sell their homes at a great price and negotiate paying your fees. So now you can get a great price for the home and get the fees covered as much as possible. Yes, you're going to pay whatever the interest rates are today. Hopefully you sit in that for maybe a year or two. Let's just say it's two years on the safe side. It could be less than that, right? Then when you see interest rates go down, you do FHA has a streamline. You streamline that refinance to whatever the lower rates are at that time. Hopefully it goes down to 5%, 4%, something, whatever that rate is. And now you achieve the best of both worlds. So I would say just stop listening to people who are not really, really in the market, in today's market, telling you what not to do, keeping you out there paying someone else's rent. Because guess what? My rental I have, I'm past the point of negotiating with people. Like it's gonna, my price is gonna be my price because I gotta pay that mortgage and I gotta pay that insurance when it, as it goes up and all of that. So I'm past that point of just being nice to the people because when they leave, they forget all the nice things you've done for them. So mm-hmm. you, you gotta manage that as a business. Like, okay, whatever that number is you need to get, you need to rent rent it. And we're almost to a place to where landlords don't even have that much choice. I, you have to charge what you need to charge for it to make sense for you to have that property so it can help you live where you live now. Right, so I, if I would say anything, I would say stop listening to naysayers, get information, you know, contact myself, contact Mr. David, contact people who are actually in the market who can point you in the right direction to find out what's my situation. Because if I do 10 loans, I got 10 different scenarios. I've been doing this for a long time and I still see things happen in deals that I had never experienced before. So there's nobody on the sideline that can tell you about mortgages in in this process and real estate even if they're not actually doing this today right now. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, Three quick points. Um, So in the market, you got to understand the market is always going to stabilize itself. So when you have higher home values, you have lower interest rates. Where you have lower home values, you have high rates. So it's gonna it's gonna stabilize itself and, and balance. Two, if if you want that expensive car, that nice car, purchase you a purchase you a double. Live on one side, rent the other side out. Use that income from that rental property to pay for your car. So now you have your home, you have yes. rental property, and now your home your car is being paid for. Um, and two. 
I, I work with a lot of investors and what the vet investors are doing now, you see all these big, nice double homes that they're, these uh, duplexes that they're building up. They're preparing for five years from now. Five years from now, those, those, uh, the rent, three bedrooms, gonna hit 18, $2,000. And that's why they building these homes, these doubles, because they're preparing for five years from now, from when those, those who's, who are not purchasing, gonna cost you to live in the city. Or not? If, if not, you're gonna you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna be pushed out somewhere somewhere else. So um, I encourage everyone um, get with uh, myself, get with Miss Renee, get with uh, Donna. Um, contact us if you have any questions. If you want to know, get more information about the home buying process, the different grant programs that that um, we have. Um, and just be creative. Um, also, like I say, I work with investors. So some of my investors, what they're doing now is um, if I have a client that's only approved for 200000 and they can't find a home, what they'll do is they'll find a home that's, say, $120,000. they will actually come in, purchase the home, renovate the home for them, and go on the contract with them all at once. And they approaches the home from, um, uh, from there, and still be able to get the um, the house grant money and things of that sort. So there's there are different ways that you can purchase. You just have to get with the right people that have the knowledge, that have the resources, that have the connections that can that can uh, meet all of your needs. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's true. And a lot of times, I want to say this: a lot of times we don't have because we don't know. Mm-hmm. Or we don't know because we don't ask. And if you don't know, you don't know what to ask. So as, when I was in learning right. to be a notary, I learned about all things that I had never had a clue of. Like I, I was trying to think of the name, of, but I can't. But there's a there's a process that you can actually take over somebody's note, somebody that may be losing their home or something like that. You could actually take over their note and you own the home. Yeah, as long as it's mm-hmm. a school, yeah. Yeah, so- what is it called? Say it again. It's an assumable mortgage, that's, pretty much. Yeah. It. So you just that's want to type with that mortgage company to see if they allow that, and then if they do, there's a process you can to, to do that for sure. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's all kind of things we don't know about, so we we can't help. But I mean, how many times there's they may be an older person that's ready to you know they don't want to have the house they want to give it up they want to take it over they may not be able to afford or whatever it's all kind of situations that happen and you can take over that so Mm -hmm. it's a lot of things that we may that may be able to help us but since we don't know about it we don't ask and since we don't ask we kind of sit there and we stay the same We, we never actually go up and also i also want to say don't shy away from from purchasing land because guess what they can't make any more land they make no more land at all they can't make no more land so like if you go to new york they're building on top on top on top because there is no more land they're always gonna have people but they can't never make any more land so purchase that land i promise you, i'll be like full disclosure i purchased i purchased that property in shelmet for five thousand dollars a property a nice size property now all i gotta do is put something on it i'll right. sell it Exactly. I purchased a home in, in Mississippi. I have a house that has to be renovated, of course, but I did that. And guess what? Homes in Mississippi in certain parts, I'm not sure if y'all licensed there, but there's homes in Jackson in places like that, like $12,000. Okay. You purchase that and you fix it up. And guess what? When it comes time, time for hurricane evacuation, 
me and my family going to Jackson. I'm not worried about water or none of that stuff. I'm not worried about crime because I live in New Orleans. So it's like a, that stuff don't stop me. But it's not having to pay that expensive. That expensive. Yeah, we live in New Orleans. We see crime all the time. We can go like, like that. Don't scare me. And like 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 another thing, hurricanes always scare people. They think that okay, if I own a home, I'm not going to be able to afford it. That's what you have insurance for. Exactly. And I'm not encouraging not having insurance but if you don't have insurance there's ways they can still help you there's all kind of grant programs there's all there's fema so don't think just because a hurricane come you can't afford it because guess what your landlord got to do the exact same thing you would have to do had you been the owner of that home um, so just don't let all kind of stuff scare you we got to get out of going by what our grandparents thought because they their thoughts were what was happening at that time things have right. changed a little bit and now we can take advantage of some of that stuff even sure. if you look into now a lot of the the black people that are a little bit more well off are those black people that took advantage of buying property a hundred years ago yep right right you look yep. you look in the, the the census and you look when we do the ancestry.com and you, you see the the, the names you'll see homeowner yes or no and those same, those people are the same ones that have a little bit more you know now and that, that's systemic racism that we are dealing with but now it's time for us to to change that narrative and we need to take over and we need to fix things where there's no excuses because we have the knowledge there is funding we just got to seek it y'all gonna reach out to renee and david and make sure we don't have to go see Oshun unless we paying our taxes because we wanna, you know, we we gonna we gonna change things. Y'all wanna give everybody y'all information so that they can follow y'all if they need to. Sure, on all platforms, consultation mortgages INC. My contact number is 504-302-9864. Oh uh, yes, you can find me on, on Instagram at DSH underscore real estate. My phone number 504-239-0512. And I want to leave y'all with one thing. Group economics, group economics, group economics. Come together, build. Together, we can all accomplish more. Absolutely. <laughs> that is so true. All right, so we have reached the end of our show. I want to thank you all for staying with us. I'm sure we're probably going to have to do another one because there will be more questions. People want to know, but we really want y'all to go out there, group economics and whatever else y'all want to do, y'all got to do it. Y'all got to, you got to get that money, y'all. It's really out there. This is a bag that can be secured. Don't let other people that don't have anything scare y'all from getting what you can get. And I, I had somebody in um that was going to come on and talk about Section 8. I don't know if y'all know about it, but Section 8 does have a program where you can use some of your funds to pay for a home. They, right. they do. Um, I definitely will want a contact to see it from, you know, start to finish. We right. hear so much about it, but just actually talk to someone who really follows that process because I get that call a lot. Yeah, there, there is. Yeah, there is a program that uh, Handle has where if you're on Section 8, you can purchase a home. Um, through what they do is they, uh, they'll pay your mortgage for up to 15 years. Um, and after those 15 years, you would assume that mortgage yourself paying uh, without without handle. But 15 years, you should be able to, you know, get on your feet from Section 8, take advantage Buy that, of that one and another one too. <laughs> right. 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 15 years, sell that one, you put that money, you, you establish right. yourself. You like, know? Let's go. So, um, but if you Section 8, you, you need more information about Section 8. Again, contact me. Um, I'll be more than willing to help you walk through the process. 
All right, good. All right, so that's it, y'all. Thank you so much for joining. We will be back again with another podcast. But for all, if the law stays the same, we'll see you next week. See you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.